You found me in quite an unpleasant mood this morning, mate. Now, I'm gonna ask you this question one time. Who's got my fucking strawberry tart? Capiche? Just spit the fucking name out! Johnny Bang! Johnny fucking Bang? Johnny fucking Bang? Good boy, where? Cypress Social Club! Cypress? Cypress Social Club. Now you're sure about that, ain't you? Good boy, thanks for coming. Now you can keep that. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. That doesn't take itself too seriously. And we are in the last week of the Dark Council's pick of the month of exploitation movies. That's right. It is. <laughs> it has uh, been a wild month of exploitation movies. One, really, only I believe, kind of one real exploitation movie. It yeah, definitely the, feels the, like the the, the sequencing of this like one is a little out of it. whack. I feel like uh, we just watched <laughs> a bunch of movies that kind of like are. It really feels like more like we watched a bunch of movies that are are broadly related to exploitation movies rather than actually. Which is a cool theme, like a theme that's like the outskirts of exploitation, like parody of exploitation, modern exploitation, cartoon exploitation. Like, I just feel like the only one that felt uh, out of place was Faster Pussycat because it was really an exploitation film. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so, I mean, I had, f I, I had a lot of fun with this month. I, I actually really enjoyed having an excuse to watch Faster Pussycat. Um, that's true yes and and i mean listen, i would not folks, have watched that <laughs> without we're gonna hear cancel. we're gonna hear a lot about this later but just the fact that this all ended with watching crank high voltage i have to say this month has been a massive success <laughs> <laughs> which is the movie for today it yeah is we're, we're talking about high crank voltage. high voltage and then next week we're beginning our new as of like two days ago, really slid into home on this one. Our new <laughs> themed month uh, via the Dark Council. Uh, next month will be Heist Month. Heist April, month. April. Uh, April. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Heist It's Heist uh, We could have had something there. <laughs> Man, I actually just thought that. What if I make a fun like spy sounding Ooh, theme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I might try do like and a do little that. like ding 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Mission Impossibly, like yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I might try and do that. Uh, don't hold me to it. Uh, I'm busy. Um, yeah, but it is. It would be fun. I but love I do miss the themed. Uh, the themed theme songs are great. They're always they, really they're, fun. They take a lot of work, but they are fun to do. I always. Yeah. The best I, one was I, the Tweet Thousands one. Was incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I I'm always I'm very proud of that one and the spooky one. Mm -hmm. I I was really I really thought that one sounded spooky. One is great because we can reuse it. Oh, I know that's what's great. We can do it every year until we die. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So heist month. I'm excited about heist month. Uh, we'll tell you the move. Well, I'll tell you the first movie. Right? We can say the first movie we're doing. Yeah, I don't remember it. You can do oh, it. <laughs> it's a uh, Le Cirque Rouge. Um, this will be a French movie from the seventies. Mm, uh, uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I thought Jeremy would not be excited about, but it is Jean-Pierre Melville, um, who I'm a huge fan of. Wow, you don't uh, say, Brit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who directed uh, Army of Shadows and Les Samurai? Uh, mm. Beautiful, very fun. Les Samurai. <laughs> Les Samurai. Um, is that about that French Samurai? Uh, yes, it's not a fun movie at all. That movie's a very sad, sorrowful movie. But he does have like very suspenseful Hitchcocky stuff that's actually good. Um, mm. Unlike many Hitchcock movies, apparently, uh, <laughs> as if you can recall Hitchcock month. So that's the first one. We'll start a little slow, thanks to 
all-time player uh, homogenic from the Discord who really got this kicking. Yeah. Uh, so he gets he deserves. Yeah, we were to like have days away from having to pick our own movies again, and, which we uh, did, and we were we like, did. I we guess. were going to do uh, folks <laughs> at home just so you know, it was going to be Tarantino month. <laughs> So you were saved, spared. You were saved. That. You were saved. You were spared Tarantino month, and it's uh, funny, for at least what, another month. We've never but just done know it. that the first month that we don't have a dark council, <laughs> it's going to be Tarantino. Month. We've never done a Tarantino movie still. Yeah. Um, but every time he comes up on the bonus episodes, we have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very polarizing figure, and eventually we'll get to him. Um, but dark and council. And it's funny keeps he could have forming. fit into a few of these now. <laughs> That's true. Exploitation. Uh, I guess. I guess heist a little bit, right? There's some I mean, heist definitely elements. montage. <laughs> montage, yes. Um, uh, but I was going to say Reservoir Dogs is a heist movie. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we don't have to watch that. Yeah, I don't like Reservoir Dogs very <laughs> I'm much. I'm not a big fan of that. If you're new to the show and you think it's lame, we don't like Reservoir Dogs, don't worry about listening to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Pulp Fiction is kind of a heist movie, too, in a way. That's they're heisting true. Pulp that, uh, They're heisting the suitcase. Yeah, um, that's true. They're heisting it. Um, also, the boxer does a kind of heist, mm. um, but then gets... Assaulted. Uh, <laughs> un- <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's exciting. Um, yet another four in a row councils. Yeah. The darkest councils. It they just keep getting darker. They keep getting um, darker every time. <laughs> and we're doing uh we're doing a heist month. And I'm excited about heist month. Um we may have to at some point like just override it, right? Like when Halloween month, unless they want to do Halloween. Uh, I think that we can make a rule that the Dark Council for that month just picks horror movies for us to watch, or some other like special inside. But it has to be. Yeah, but it's got to be Halloween. It's got to be, be Halloween. Yeah, you can't uh, we're make not us going do... in October without doing Halloweeny stuff. That's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> if you don't know what the Dark Council is, you can go to uh, Patreon.com/slash/GenerationLoss and find out. Uh, you should know by now. Uh, four people get to pick the movies for a, for a price. Um, and it has to be a theme so yeah i feel like there are only a couple months we need them to be themed and it's really just halloween we don't need to do christmas movies no we definitely don't um Uh, and we don't do them anyway we do uh we do arsler month in december's (laughs) (laughs) we do (laughs) every year (laughs) every year december is is uh is dumb movies <laughs> i'm so forgetful they get the uh, they get the top imdb scores oh yeah we always do oh, like do uh, do shawshank and and uh dark knight and stuff dumb film guy movies oh yeah. it is a tradition oh yeah it's a tradition december is our slur <laughs> so, so, our- <laughs> so if the do- okay so two months October, you got to do spooky movies if you form. Yeah, December, uh-huh. you have to do dumb guy movies if you form. But that could be pretty wide ranging. That could, yeah. You could do a whole month of like movies that uh, Nicholas Winding Refn directed or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, that we will talk about later. Uh, right now, I must ask Jeremy, as per usual, what did you watch this month? week what did you watch this week <laughs> wow thank you for asking Bryn. you're welcome sorry this, i pushed it up <laughs> this week has been uh this week has been spring break uh, at my son's preschool and uh spring break forever and um it's uh yeah so it's spring break he's home with me uh i took the week off to uh potty train him and we've been uh stuck inside together because it's also been raining uh so we've mm-hmm. been really just in the fucking zone and uh (laughs) (laughs) so all i've watched this week are things that nico would also be able to watch with me Interesting. Uh, i snuck away at night to watch crank high voltage however uh (laughs) otherwise i've only watched children's media this week so the two things i would like to talk about uh in this week's episode are the 2018 to present television series bluey and (laughs) (laughs) Now this this bluey has become kind of a meme. 
Yes. I've heard of Bluey. Yes. And I don't know anything about it other than people say he does, you know, adult or sexual things as a joke. No. Um, That's a and part then, of the meme, right? I don't know. But then I also watched <laughs> the 2017 feature uh, feature length computer animated comedy film, The Boss Baby. Uh, and <laughs> oh, I, I we'll yeah. talk about that in a moment. Um, okay. but, but first, I got to talk about Bluey. Bluey is an Australian animated television series. Episodes are about seven minutes long. And uh, it's about a family of dogs. Um, it's a mom, dad, and two daughters. Uh, the dad is named um, Bandit. The mom is Chili. And then the kids are Bingo and Bluey. And uh, they're a family in Australia. A real Like, it's real Australia. Uh, and everybody's dogs. And all the other families are also dogs. And um, It is a hand-drawn animated... Or at least it doesn't look like CGI, right? Yeah, it's not... I mean, it's not 3D. Uh, it is probably it's computer. Uh, but it's... Um, yeah, it is animated, and it's... Um, wait, 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 What show is this on? Or what channel? Oh, I don't know. Fucking uh, something in Australia. And then here, uh, it's on, like, Disney Plus or whatever. But I I uh, bought them on uh, Amazon. Okay. Because we were flying also- out to Texas, Bryn, and I needed, to, uh, I needed to sync some things to my son's tablet so he could watch things on the plane so that he wouldn't <laughs> go insane. And uh, I decided that I was going to try to get him into something that would be a little more tenable for me uh, as the person who watches things with him. So I bought him a bunch of Bluey episodes. So that's what we've been watching. And it's a... How is it? I love it. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) I actually think it's a really good show. Um, And this is this is the thing that you you might be hearing about. I don't know. Maybe this is where kind of like the where where the connection is happening into the meme world is that like adults who watch bluey with their kids end up really liking bluey um okay because basically the show the premise of the show is that every episode is about these kids pretending and um and that's literally just all the show is is just, it's just about pretending and so Bluey's like two kids pretend something no it's bingo or uh, sorry bandit is the dad bingo and bluey are the kids so it's bingo and bluey are playing a game oh. together and every episode is like a different like pretend scenario that they're in occasionally it's like something you know else but like mostly most of the show like 90 percent of the show is just like uh they're playing a game where like one episode is they have a, a xylophone that they just they say it's the magic xylophone and if you play it uh the person has to freeze and so it's just them uh freezing each other throughout the house and it's like you know the parents are like a hundred percent invested and bought into whatever game the kids are playing so it's just like all day long freezing each other doing different funny things to each other freezing each other and then somewhere within it there's like a lesson for the kids where it's like you know like in, in in that episode, it was like uh, Bingo is sad because Bluey is like not giving her as many turns as she wants, and so the two of them have to like reconcile with one another about like how they're going to share the magic xylophone with each other better. Um, so one of the things that I'm noticing about this is um, that it does one of my favorite things that sort of makes me like. A, sh- a cartoon show is that when a kid is a child they have them voiced by like a literal six-year-old yeah uh-huh. uh, so bluey and bingo sound like they are literal kids like very yeah, bingo, young babies. bingo always sounds like she has a cold like her nose is yeah, always yeah. stuffy and she's <laughs> like uh, bluey I, I don't understand why i can't i i i get a turn now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they like stutter and and mm-hmm. don't say the lines exactly right because they're kids uh, and that's very charming to me. Um, and I wish I could watch some more of it right now, but I can't. Um, I would recommend I mean, it. Honestly, it's a pretty good show. And, <laughs> and and like, it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, and it, it, it's not one of those shows where you're like, oh, it's like for adults. And like, like it's, yeah, it's, it's not Steven there, There's no like sneaky little jokes in there or whatever. It's just like, it's just a fun, wholesome, good time about kids pretending. What I really mm-hmm. like about it and the parallel to boss baby that I was going to bring up is that like, um, they're both about children's imaginations, right? Boss baby, uh, is a movie about a, it's a, it's a kid whose parents have a new baby and it's all about him kind of coming to terms with the amount of attention that the new baby gets 
and the way oh. that the new baby like directs the house around, you know, and like the, you know, they do it through this way of like making the baby Alec Baldwin and he's a boss and whatever. And like, <laughs> but, but, but very obviously what it's telling a story about is a kid learning to share attention for the first time. Right. And, and sure. specifically with a baby who requires an extreme amount of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so and, who's the main? So do you would you say that the main character of Boss Baby is the kid? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, Timmy. And what is that, Timmy? Timmy Templeton or Tim Templeton, whatever. Um, yeah, or uh, yeah, um, Timothy Timothy Templeton. Um, and the Boss Baby is the is the antagonist of the film. Oh, okay. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Right, because he's a baby. And it's all about you're you're seeing it from Timothy's perspective, and you're like, no, Timothy, you deserve that attention, not the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. They learn to get along. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, sort of like they do. Yeah, uh, and then in the, the, it kind of gets muddled at the end. Uh, so basically, he keeps like referencing the fact that like his parents say he has a really active imagination, and you see him like imagining things and pretending things all the time, and um. Like, for example, his dad works in marketing and uh, he like describes his dad's job as like, you know, he he it's super exciting. He gets to like launch new products and like the way that that's visualized is a literal rocket ship that's like launching a product <laughs> into space. And so like and, and then <laughs> that so literally funny. comes to bear later in the movie where like, you know, they go to his dad's work and you see the rocket ships. And so like that sort of to me implies that like the whole story itself has been his imagination and the way that he is, you know, processing the new baby in his house and whatever. Right. I see. It's funny. Actually, when I was a kid, my dad, like I said on the bonus, did auto glass repair and sort of inherited like, or not inherited, but took over the company quote unquote (laughs) uh, and was like, or I don't even know. He didn't own the company. He just had he just had to fire somebody. Mm. Uh, I was a very small child, and I remember him and my mom like listening, overhearing my mom talking about it. He was like really stressed about it. He was like, "I think I got to fire this guy. Like, I just feel really bad about it." And in my mind, I was like, "My dad's going to shoot this man with a shotgun." Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> of course, or fire him out of a with, cannon or something. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I imagined him just like. Wesley Snipes like holding the gun and t- crying at you like I'm so sorry like why can't you just make him stop <laughs> uh, so that's fun yeah um, but so in, in Boss Baby everything is very visual like they have this like really long chase sequence between him and the baby uh, that's like super like Mad Max Fury Road like really big and, and epic and a lot of stunts happening or whatever. And then like we see from the parents perspective and it's just like, they're like driving slowly across the lawn in this shitty little toy car. Um, <laughs> but like the way that they visualize it is through like how the kid sees it. But what I really love right. about bluey is that they never visualize it. You're always seeing how it's really happening in real life. Mm. So like they do in one episode, they're playing taxi and Bluey is like a cab driver and she's driving her dad to the airport. And the whole game is that like, and, and, and something that's fun is that like, there's always this implication in every episode that they've played this game before. So everybody knows how it works and everybody knows kind of like what's going to come up throughout it. So like the dad is just like, Oh, I sure hope like nobody annoying gets in the car with me. And then bingo (laughs) is playing as like an old lady. Who's just like, Oh, I'm a very rich old lady. And I have like a bunch of stops I need to make. And we're in a ride share scenario. And he's like, Oh, come on. I got to get to the airport. (laughs) And the, the whole thing though, is just, it's like four chairs and you can just see that there are four chairs. And then like, Bluey has like a piece of cardboard with a GPS drawn on it and the mom is laying down in front of it voicing the GPS. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because it's an animated show. You can do whatever you want with it. And I really appreciate the chutzpah to just be like, no, we're showing you what pretend actually looks like in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I guess the idea is like, here's how to play pretend. Exactly. Yeah. Which I guess is like pretty valuable and hard in a situation, in, you know, in a culture where it's like everyone's just looking at the phone mm-hmm. and babies are looking at the phones. That's Everybody's what's... always on their damn phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's trite, but it's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, it is weird because I wonder, I mean, 
I have a memory of like my dad trying to explain to me like playing trucks. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was like, well, what do you do? And like, I just wanted to play video games and like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And he was like, we could like go in like play in the dirt or whatever. I was like, this is gross and dirty and I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> Nico um, is like just starting to get into like imaginative play right now. And it is like the fucking best. It's that so much fun. Nice, he yeah. loves to like, he loves to cook. Like that's his thing. He like, he sits next to me while I cook and he like plays with this little, he, we have like a toy kitchen for him. Uh-huh. He plays with that, and so he'll just like sit there with like a knife, just like he's got a toy knife that he like hits against the cutting board. He's just like, I'm making garlic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he would. I don't know why my dad was trying to make me play trucks. I was definitely good at playing like Barbies and house and stuff, mm, but he was yeah. like, "You got to get outside." He wanted no, me to get outside. You're gonna be a boy. <laughs> you're playing trucks. <laughs> I guess. Um, the other day, Nico took the Swiffer. We have like a you know like a long Swiffer thing. He took it over his shoulder and he's like kind of like swinging it around and he's like, I'm making pizza because he'd seen at like one of those brick oven pizza places the way that the guys use the long wood pizza peel thing. Oh, wait, what did he have? <laughs> he had a Swiffer. <laughs> and so he's holding that like it was one of the peels and he's like, he's like moving the pizza around in the oven. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty special that sounds it's, good you know yeah, well, aside like- from the stresses of potty training it has been a really wonderful week with my son <laughs> <laughs> sure now you love your son yeah. uh, <laughs> but now yeah, i love my I, I son Bl- <laughs> bluey seems fun i don't know I, I like the first time i remember uh seeing a show that did that um that thing where you cast children as children in cartoons was uh, a show called the bravest warriors which mm. is like the guy who did um adventure time made a show that was only on youtube but it was like the same quality and budget it seemed as adventure time but it was like for teens like they swore mm. sometime um but there's a little cat bug called cat bug um it's basically just a cat with like a ladybug shell on the back like a ninja turtle uh but that character was voiced by like a five-year-old and so Mm. it's really really cute (laughs) um (laughs) just like screaming about stuff all the time um and i always wondered why more people didn't do that obviously that kid grew up really quickly and then your the voice changes so i wonder what they'll do for bluey yeah i wonder um you know what episode you should watch? I just realized that you would really like. There's a dream episode um, that's <laughs> Bingo uh, Bingo sleeping on her own for the first or trying to sleep on her own for the first time. And she's trying to like Aww. sleep in her own bed and not go into her parents' bed. And um, it's all her dream sequence. And like it's really super fun. She's like floating in space and like getting all these different like there's all these different interactions that she's having with like weird, like she like lands on a planet that's all jiggly and like watery (laughs) and like you see her kind of like walking along it. And then that's her, like then they like cut to real life where she's like asleep in the bed next to her dad and she's like kicking him in the belly. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, Anyway, uh, I've taken up enough time. Bryn, what did you watch this week? All right, well, it's been a busy week for me because the card game I like released a new set and it's a big (laughs) deal. (laughs) Um, It's the best one ever. It's been a great time. Uh, If you're curious what it is, it's it's a game called Flesh and Blood. The new set is called Outsiders. Incredible limited format, very good drafting. Um, And I've been doing a lot of that this week. Um, I mean, it came out like two days ago. Um, so literally been doing that a lot. Um, but, uh, so I haven't really watched much. And, uh, when we were saying we were going to record today, I was like, oh no. When you said, oh, we can record tomorrow. I was like, oh, I'll watch something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I didn't think I had anything, but then I was reminded that, um, I watched an hour and a half long documentary called, uh, the history of Mario 300% runs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I think it's fair. I did want to talk about this. We've talked about Summoning Salt before. Um, Summoning Salt is a YouTube channel that has 1.5 million subscribers um, and started off making pretty short move little god he really hasn't even made that many at this point um it looks like under 20 um i think his first one was his very first one was world record progression mike tyson punch out mm -hmm. um and it was like 15 minutes then he did super mario 64 that was 20 minutes uh and they just keep getting longer and longer and more and more involved um and as he's gone on they've you know they've gone they've gotten longer but now this one was i don't know i haven't i think i missed a couple uh he did mega man 2 and lego star wars i don't think i watched those um but this one has interviews so if you if you haven't heard of summoning salt you've seen this right jeremy yeah yeah yeah, yeah we've talked about this um if you don't know what this is, um, for whatever reason, they are basically documentaries of people playing games really, really fast and slowly going faster and faster and doing speed runs. I don't know how better to describe the concept of speed runs. It's playing the game as fast as you can, <laughs> um, finding little tricks and strategies to cut down on your time. Um, sometimes using glitches, but there's different rules. This one specifically, you have to play every level, like every level that you would play. You can't warp, you can't skip whole pieces of the thing. You have to play all the levels. Um, and so there's a ton of um, randomness. There's a ton of difficult to control things in the run, um, which seems very frustrating. Um, and this is the first one I've watched where he not only did all this research, found the footage of all these people playing it at the time, but then went and interviewed these people um, about their runs, doing it in public, doing it at events like Awesome Games Done Quick, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And now it just feels like a regular video game <laughs> or a regular documentary, you know, mm -hmm. like you're watching it and it's, and he is narrating it. I feel like there was always a problem where he would he was sort of always pulling the same trick, which was like, but then this guy came along and then the music changes and it's like and then he did it really well or whatever and it's yeah. like you can only really do that so many times. Um but then interviewing these people and seeing like the stakes and their mindset and what they like how much effort and energy and what they were thinking about like well, if I don't do it today, I'm going to give up or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really changed the quality of it and made it watchable in a way that the, some of the past longer ones hadn't. I feel like the problem with them being long is like they are just sort of the same thing over and over again, which is like I just said, they try, they find a strat, someone does it. Yeah, they did it the fastest it's ever been done. Until, Until user Family Guy Peter came along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until. That's my favorite thing about speedrunner uh, documentary things is that like they use their regular screen names. So it's always just like, like fart fan 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dong Liquor X came along and gave us a really interesting strat. Eric um, Cartman 420. <laughs> <laughs> an yeah. innovator in this space <laughs> one of the big characters in this one is named flower power mitch <laughs> uh which is funny i mean at a certain point he just starts calling him mitch mm. um but this one i think i thought was really good and i mean i i do want to watch i probably will end up watching the ones i've missed because it's a good show i like the show summoning salt um but I was pleasantly surprised that he was able to, I'm sure he's making a decent amount of money at this point. So he has, he's been able to take months doing these, like the amount of time between these are, have, has also grown. He used to was like trying to put them out at least once a month and now he's taking three months to do them at least. 
Uh, so I think being able, I think it's cool that people are able to make like pretty high quality documentary shows now uh, just by making a YouTube channel. Um, this isn't new, I guess, but it is interesting to see who succeeds you know yeah like who, and, and and how much better they're getting and how much more detailed they're getting and like how few things are like i actually like to to come back to what i was talking about like uh with with bluey and stuff like one of the things i found very fascinating you know upon like starting to really introduce screens and television to my son is like how much of children's media now is just based on YouTube. That's where everything is happening. Yeah, for sure. Like the biggest, the biggest thing in children's entertainment right now is Coco Melon. And that is, uh, that's a, a YouTube channel that is, it's literally the biggest YouTube channel now or second biggest, I want to say, um, and, what the and hell is this? It's just these 3D animated uh, little oh, no. videos of these babies and shit just singing songs, and they're really simple little stupid songs, but like they are just like it's just drugs. It's drugs to kids, <laughs> and like if I ever just like need him to shut up, I can just like put that on, <laughs> and like that just works. Um, Jello color dance. You know what that one is? Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, of course. <laughs> Well, so the original version of that is... I've seen all of these now. Uh, the original version of that there? is at... Uh, there's like hundreds probably. Um, uh-huh. Because they remake a lot of them. Um, so sure. like, what I was going to say is the original version of that is the main kid, JJ, uh, at his daycare. His daycare provider is doing a, a jello color tutorial for them where she's explaining primary and secondary colors to them um, with making jello. Uh, so the song is just teaching kids colors and she's doing it with jello. And then later, uh, they started making these like dance party versions of everything where it's just JJ and her, his friends like dancing on this little platform to the song. So you don't even get like the visual learning aspect of it. It's just pure, <laughs> like uncut <laughs> baby drug. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I keep I'm scrolling down and I keep being like how many views? Like I was yeah. like, oh wow. I mean, yeah, all we're these talking have- about like, you know, like 42 million subscribers or something crazy like that. It's it's 156 million subscribers. Yeah. And and I was like, oh wow, some of these have like 820 100 million views on each of these things. <laughs> like yeah, because- as I'm scrolling as I'm scrolling down, they're like yeah, two minutes long. Because your audience is is you know toddlers. Like Nico right. could just watch the same video over and over again if you let him. <laughs> yeah, this one play outside at the beach song has 163 million views. Yeah, it's fucking it's fucking insane how successful this channel is. And yeah, what's even crazier is like nobody rich. nobody knew who was making them. Like it was like super shrouded in secrecy or whatever. Look at <laughs> bath, bath song, six billion views. What? <laughs> Wheels on the bus, five billion. Are you Baba Black me? Sheep, three point five billion. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. And these are That's all so I mean, many these all have the red bar on the bottom for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Baba it's black terrible. sheep. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. Hey, vegetables. Come it's on. It's probably fine. Right? Like it's good little content. Educational. It's just songs. Yeah. It's just like little yeah. songs or whatever. I mean, it's not it's like, fine. and there, a lot of them are, are, you know, at least semi educational in nature. And like, I don't know. Doesn't seem like That's it's hurting really him. He's, he talks a lot and shit. Like it's not like he's like delayed on anything. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I watched this week. I recommend summoning salt if you haven't checked it out before. Uh, I don't know if we're going to recommend Coco Melon. <laughs> no, I definitely don't recommend uh, Coco Melon. I do recommend Bluey. Cool. And I guess I kind of recommend Baby? Boss Baby. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. I never knew what it was about though. Uh, yeah. So that makes more sense. I was I was always like kind of in the back of my head every time I saw why like, is he a why boss? The fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I thought. Why the fuck is he a boss? Uh, all right. Now on to our feature presentation, which is the final Dark Council uh, selection for Exploitation Month. Crank colon high voltage. Uh, Alternately from- titled Crank Two High Voltage. 
2009 right. American action film written and directed by Mark Neveldine. Neveldine slash Taylor is the yeah. how they're credited. Uh-huh. And Brian Taylor, uh, who both now um, direct their own shit. But for whatever reason on this Wikipedia page, uh, you can only go to their joint page. <laughs> so for a while, I was like looking at him like, what did these guys just like? W- did they like Fall get off. in trouble or something? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> It took yeah, like no. a little while. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean Brian Taylor, uh, has not directed much stuff on his own. Uh, he he has directed a movie called or a show, I guess, called Happy, which I've never mm-hmm. heard of. You know, um, Happy. It's um, it was a comic. It was uh, the Grant was- Morrison comic the um it's like the guy uh he's like a like a brutal like max oh, Payne style hitman and then happy is like a a uh, imaginary unicorn who his daughter uh it's like his daughter's imaginary friend who helps him find his kidnapped daughter oh right they made a show about that they did yeah very strange um okay i didn't know that uh, then he directed another movie called Mom and Dad. Now he's doing Hellboy. Uh, haven't heard anything really about that. And then Mark Neveldine. Never heard of this stuff. Vatican Tapes. Uh, supernatural Horror Movie. And Panama. Oh, he did that Panama movie with Mel Gibson, which I definitely didn't, didn't watch. <laughs> um, okay, so they've been you know, doing whatever. Their career is going well. Whatever. Um, so this is the sequel to Crank from 2006, uh, starring Jason Satham, Amy Smart, uh, Pedro, Pedro from yeah <laughs> from <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, and then a bunch of weird, very strange. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, is Pedro is in all of the uh, Neville Dean Taylor movies? Oh, they just like, be friends with him. He's like their muse. <laughs> <laughs> He also he's, has an identical twin in real life. Hilarious. He's the he's this the uh um he's like the De Niro to their Scorsese. <laughs> but he's never this he's never the main character. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. He seems like he could carry a movie. Um and then there's a ton of little cameos. Uh Corey Haim is cameoed, Chester uh Bennington yeah uh, Glenn Ron, Jeremy, Ron uh, Jeremy uh Lloyd Kaufman Maynard James Keenan from Tool uh, I'd say David Carradine <laughs> was basically a uh a cameo right that's I mean, a cameo yeah uh in Yellowface. uh so just is he to not recap, Asian I thought he was at least kind of Asian okay I don't know I thought he was just in Kung Fu and doing <laughs> <laughs> that could very well be I thought that that's what the whole thing I don't think he's Asian but I, that's not the point uh, it's not the most recent thing in the movie uh, so Crank 1 is about a guy who is some sort of thug you know some sort of criminal underworld guy who gets poisoned um, with Chinese drugs and uh has a a bad do you didn't watch the first one did you no okay <laughs> no of course uh, not <laughs> so he uh he's he 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 needs to like his heart is slowing down because of the poison and the only thing that can help him is adrenaline and mm. so his doctor is just like you got to get to me across town and i can help you i have an antidote i'll you know whatever it is this whatever the stakes are but you got to get to me across town just keep your adrenaline up and so the whole movie is just like a two you know an hour and a half of him trying to get across town running into a bunch of problems and then just making insane decisions because he's got to keep his he's like falling asleep and like gonna die if he doesn't um that movie i saw so what are what are what are some examples here um, like he just like steals a car and then like drives it backwards down the highway. He'll just mm. like, it's, it's all in the service of doing action sequences, um, which makes that movie very fun. And I 
can't remember how bad it's aged because I only saw it like a couple times when I was in high school. But I thought I liked that it was sort of like a dumb premise, but it was clearly in service of oh, another thing he does is like his girlfriend is like, where have you been? And he explains it to her. And then she's like, well, what would get your adrenaline up? And then he's like, she's like, fuck me right now. And they fuck in the street. <laughs> mm. um, and it like all kind of makes a little more sense. Uh, and it's it's over the top and silly, but it's sort of tongue in cheek and fun. Uh, and he also just gets in fights and, and like punches people just to like get his adrenaline going. And, uh, and then he dies at the end. He falls out of a helicopter. They're fighting. He calls his girlfriend on the phone to say goodbye. And then he hits the ground and he's dead. That's the end of the movie. And then they asked them to do another one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we killed him. Why would we do another one? And they said no at first. And they're like, well, we'll write it for you. And then they wrote the movie. And then they were like, okay, this is so stupid. Only we should do it. And then they did it. Um, so this movie is about the same character. Minutes after he hits the ground, uh, he bounces off a car, hits the ground, and then people scoop him up, steal his heart, uh, and replace it with a different heart. Uh, it's which a is mechanical like a, heart. A that mechanical they use for, heart. Uh, heart transplant people. Right, and they have some sort of electric thing, like a battery, that's a battery keeping yeah. it going. And uh, he, they then they're like talking and they're like we're gonna harvest his organs including his penis and he's like no and yeah when they say penis he's like fuck (laughs) that and then he like beats them up and he leaves uh so so then he uh so then now he's like trying to keep his heart thing going by shocking himself he's got to keep this this is the thing the even this is so stretching the idea of what they were already doing was stupid is that now he doesn't have to be in exciting situations he just has to shock himself he's gonna find different electrical uh situations to electric himself with doesn't really work and they seem uninterested in it honestly like they're just like i guess there's like a couple why wouldn't he just solve it once and like have a car battery or whatever it doesn't they don't really play with it that much Yeah, he could just bring jumper cables with him everywhere and just keep jumping himself on people's cars like that's a very easy fix um right carry the car battery around with but instead we get this like this like really uh (laughs) like uh like even for this dog shit premise like stretching the realm of believability where he's like friction you could use friction to generate static electricity so fuck your girlfriend or whatever and yeah and it's like clearly just to reference the other movie where it made a lot more sense because if the idea is adrenaline will keep your heart going it's already medically very silly, but at least it makes a little bit of sense. And you're like, well, it's an action movie. We want adrenaline. Yeah. So we'll be in weird, you know, big over the top situations, guns, fighting, sex. It's all there. This is just shock yourself or, 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 or at least have a battery. It's not as interesting as the other one. I think I remember seeing the trailer and being like, Oh, that's a funny, like escalation but they don't really do anything with it except just to like shock himself which is never interesting yeah um they don't really can't think yeah, they of literally ways like the only it. time it even comes close to being interesting is when he um when he attaches the battery to his tongue that's the only the time where you're time. like, oh, nice, wild. <laughs> yeah, one to the nipple, one to the tongue, and then that's the very first thing he does after he breaks the battery. Um, so, yeah, so then it's it's hardly worth going over what the actual story is. No, uh, <laughs> nope, 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 <laughs> definitely not. Uh, I will say, first and foremost, I loved this movie. What? I had, I had a... <laughs> great time watching this i uh i i uh i wrote a letterbox review of it that begins with the sentence it's hard to review this movie without using the r slur and i really do mean (laughs) that it's it is it is really it's like it is in all the right ways it is the alex problem (laughs) word and uh or katie or katie problem (laughs) word definitely not the jeremy problem word i've never had a problem with that word um 
it, it, it is so fucking stupid front to back. Um, That's true. I would also describe this movie as the best movie I've ever at 45 minutes known enough of to turn it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was having uh-huh. such a great time. And then at about 45 minutes, I was like, all right, I get it. I think I can turn it off now and probably so you be didn't fine. Watch it. No, I did. I watched the whole thing, but oh. I definitely, to some extent I was like, I could probably turn this off and be okay to do the episode. Uh, but I'm glad I didn't because it does get like really off the rails at the end it in a way that's even like, stupider. What? You've got like a, a head kept alive in a jar. <laughs> In a big fish tank. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, he's got to get, he's basically, he's trying to find his regular heart. Turns out they already put it in someone else. Then David, they needed it for David Carradine, who is an Asian man named Poon Dong. Um, there is a lot of very racist stuff in this movie that yes, I was not and, expecting. And, and like, in a way that, yeah, exactly. Like, I was not expecting this. Like, there was a level of casual 20- racism in comedy at the time that was, like, pretty acceptable like i mean we're talking about because this is yeah 2009 is a little late for it but i mean the, we're it talking is. about like the era of like Chappelle and mencia i mean you're uh-huh. you're saying yeah. you know you're saying like beaner on national television on both of those shows he's <laughs> right. got the dtd thing the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff is like flying pretty mainstream i mean that's the sweet part of the bat we're talking about and and, and this even for that time period i feel like is like whoa dude because like he says like he's got one line where he's like and and, and it's like out of nowhere these are like dropped as action movie one-liners they're not like they're not like in any sort of a context where they'd like make any sense or whatever or like just like a double entendre nope 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 he just like jumps on top of the guy's car and just calls him He just calls him a slur for Chinese people. Like he kind of like he kind of masks it in like a did I drop change or did I hear a and and, and, yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay, I guess. <laughs> it's not crazy. really it's it's so so here's the thing. When when the Dark Council said that we should do this in exploitation month, having seen Crank One, I was confused because crank one is this energy and this level of tongue-in-cheek stupidity uh like in that it is a movie about having an excuse to do a ton of action sequences um and be kind of funny like it's it's a little funny um it's a kind of a funny movie um I am pretty sure, and again, I was a teenager in you know 2006 when I saw this the first one. So I, if if it is like, I'm almost certain it's not this racist. Like there is like the the Chinese triad, and I'm sure he's not the the most nice about it or whatever. But it's not this crazy. Um, this movie is an exploitation movie. In in I think the worst way, like mm-hmm. I think that black exploitation and any kind of racial exploitation movies were generally made by that race or 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 whatever group, and the reason that it's like they're made for white audiences by people who wanted to make movies together and were poor and didn't have a lot of money and we're scraping by and i feel like the problem is is that those movies were so fun or had these weird cult followings that then white people were like so exploitation movies is where you're racist (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like this movie is just like so off the walls with that yeah Uh, it's really racist it's really misogynistic in a much bigger way i mean like there's just so much just like wholesale like murder of women like that just get caught in the yeah. in the crossfire of scenes. They're not even like they're not even part of the story. It's just like this shootout takes place in a strip club and we shoot a lady's fake titties and her fucking we d- all the, the all the <laughs> stuff comes out and it's yucky. <laughs> yeah, they're just whim- naked women getting fucking blown away for no reason. Yeah, they're not, and it's like not by him. It's like by the other people. But he's also not supposed to be like likable, really. Like he's just a a huge asshole that everyone hates as a matter of fact 
and from the first movie too there's like everyone says fuck chelios like that's like a just a, an ongoing gag in the first movie and it carries over to this movie fuck chap chelios he sucks we all hate him yeah everyone hates him except for like two people um <laughs> who, who who apparently put their life on the line to save him constantly <laughs> uh and amy smart his his girlfriend in the first movie is sort of like it makes a little more sense because she is um she it seems to be oblivious as to his real job like he's been hiding his sort of like hitman actual lifestyle yeah um so when she kind of finds out she like still loves him or whatever in this movie for some reason she just becomes a stripper (laughs) Uh uh like in three months or that he's gone hey things have uh, changed since he died or whatever <laughs> right and cory Haim is her pimp or something it's very strange the movie just its sense of humor for me really didn't hit um i i found it really bottom of the barrel uh in when it's trying to be funny yes I would be lying if I didn't laugh through most of the movie, though. Yes, like- <laughs> definitely. That's that's my feeling, too, is like anytime they were trying to be funny, it didn't work. But anytime like it, it, it definitely pulls a lot of laughs out of like how absurd and over the top some of the action sequences can be. But anytime it's trying to be funny, like it just like it falls completely fucking flat in, in a right. way that's like it's so atrocious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's a part where um the doctor, his his friend Doc, has a friend. Oh my uh, god, gonna, and he just does a Chappelle show reference. I, that's, that's the what I was joke bring up. is you just do a Chappelle <laughs> show reference. In the first movie he has that girlfriend. He's really nice to her. Um that same person who, you know, it's an exploitation y kind of thing. Her name is Dark Chocolate. She's black. Yeah. Um and in this movie, he's like, go get me something from the store. And she's like, why? And he says, am I going to have to choke a bitch? And then yeah, she is leaves. Doc, whatever, going to have to like choke a, a bitch? It's yeah. literally just a line from a Chappelle show sketch. Yeah, that's, that's all from that James is. Brown. <laughs> or uh, no, Eddie, uh, Char- Charlie Murphy, right? Yeah, it's from Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories about... Uh, um, or no, 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 sorry. No, it's not. It's from the, uh, it's from the Wayne Brady sketch. Oh when, right, uh, yeah. It's, Chappelle, it's Wayne Brady takes Chappelle out for a night on the town because right, they have to like have PCP solidarity as black actors, and then he does Training Day, and yeah. uh, he does the like, do you, do you, if you don't smoke this shit, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a funny sketch. It doesn't Great work sketch. here. One of my favorite it, sketches from the show, probably. It's a weird fucking thing for this random white character to say to his black girlfriend for no reason. No reason. Uh, and this is like... And it's just it's, lame. It's lame. You it's have lame. a movie. You have a movie with money. <laughs> you know, somebody gave you $20 million to make this movie. And the best you came up with was to reference Chappelle show. <laughs> <laughs> cringe. Incredibly cringe. Uh, Big time so, cringe. Yeah, there is like that level of... Also, there's a part of the movie... Okay, like here's... The visual stuff is funny. Like he goes to the... Was it Comfort Hotel or like... The first thing he wants to go to, they're like, where is Mr... Johnny uh, Vang. Johnny Vang. And they're like, oh, he's at this house or whatever. He goes to the house... He enters the door and immediately people start flying out of the second floor window. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that was funny to me. But then like they cut to like the backyard. People are like, coming out of the backyard and like Viet Cong people in like rice paddy hats, like with guns, <laughs> like start coming out. I don't get what that reference is. Yeah. There's just a bunch of weird shit in this movie that feels like extra racist because they're kind of going for a exploitation sort of vibe well they're going for an exploitation Um, vibe but i think another like another big element in the brew here is like this is very influenced by like rockstar and um never soft 
Like this yes. is very because I read a couple of reviews saying like you know they're trying to do GTA and I was like they're trying to do GTA but they're trying to do Tony Hawk's Pro Skater too. There's yeah. a very big element of this that feels like it's from from a like a side quest in a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater <laughs> thing where it's underground. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like uh, DJ Ching Chong needs you to jump <laughs> over five <laughs> five takeout boxes. <laughs> you need to do a kickflip over all five to to finish this challenge. <laughs> it's funny i i definitely completely forgot that that stuff is in those games yeah but it's wild like it's <laughs> ollie the bum needs you to ollie over five homeless people <laughs> <laughs> thanks Never and you can saw- see the you can see the influence of skate videos in this too where like a lot of the shots are and, and i actually really liked this i like yeah. the editing in this is fucking cuckoo bananas but i mean like the shots are really interesting where like they'll come up on statham in the middle of a road and the camera will be like pointed at the pavement and then like whoosh, like whip upward towards him and that's just yeah. something you do in skate videos that's something you do to like open and close a segment to like to to transition to the next trick that's really cool. I thought that was really fun and like added a really yeah. interesting energy to all of it. Cause he's like constantly running really fast. Cause he's all juiced up and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, formally it does still <laughs> formally fe- crank too high voltage. <laughs> <laughs> formally crank too high voltage has, it still feels very of its time, but in a really fun way, like, it, yeah, they they have a lot of interesting tri- like they they got the job by having a lot of weird tricks up their sleeves that they clearly learned from watching skate videos from like jackass and and music videos um they are interested in that kind of stuff it's not sloppily done it's all done with some sort of purpose um for me this one isn't as exciting and and i get a little bored of it in places um and and i just really can't stress how how flat the some of the humor falls for me like when they like when he goes up to um the people who are just shocking the dog uh with the shock collar like i don't get what that's supposed to be and like they're gay guys i guess and you're just (laughs) and he's that guy is supposed to just be like i guess you're just you're just they put it there so that you wouldn't feel bad when he starts like kicking them or punching them or whatever um i guess i don't know the, i think the, the joke in this that fell the flattest for me by a, like a country mile is when he gets um he gets in the back of the limo with some of the asian gangsters and they're explaining what's happening and they're like this you know david carradine needs your heart and that's why everybody's after you and blah 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 and he's like okay so like why are you helping me and they're like oh we're not helping you we're taking you to him and 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 then he shoots them all and murders them and then the car crashes and he just as his big action movie one-liner just says chicken and broccoli oh yeah and you're like that's just you just said a, a Chinese food dish, like. Well, okay, so that that is actually it's it's this is so confusing. The first movie was written with Johnny Knoxville in mind. Okay. Second, and and he interesting, and then, and, and then Chev Chelios was cast because they couldn't. I guess he Johnny didn't want to do it or whatever because they were like it's gonna be, but I or maybe the studio was like we need an actual action guy or something. Anyway, they got Statham, but in the first movie. All of his lines were written from an American guy. Mm-hmm. In this movie, they were like, he's British, so he should say Cockney slang. And he does. He oh, yeah. Says he, Where's he calls my his heart, cherry tart? He calls his heart cherry, uh, strawberry tart. Uh, and when he says chicken and broccoli, what he means is great. It's super. That's, uh, that's what I looked up. What? <laughs> that's a Cockney rhyming slang thing, apparently. What, what is the rhyme? <laughs> I guess because they're both soups. No, it's on what? The, it's on the internet. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. We can't end the episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I because I, I I also was like, what? What the fuck is chicken and broccoli? Because uh, I didn't even register it as like Chinese food because it's not that. It's not like like those aren't 
I guess they're kind of staples of Chinese, but you would say some sort of like noodles or, or chow mein or something, you know, like you wouldn't say chicken and broccoli. So I oh, Googled oh, the I phrase see. chicken yeah, and cream broccoli. Cream of broccoli, cream of chicken, which are both f- flavors of soup made by Campbell's. So you oh, say super is soup. Okay. And then so yeah. chicken and broccoli are the two soups. Yeah. And, but he's saying it there because they're Asian. I guess. That's... Uh, I, <laughs> that's uh, a big time stretch <laughs> it's a big there's a lot of whiffs in this movie anyway so they there's okay my favorite part of this movie let's let's end this by saying some of the coolest stuff in the movie when he meets uh johnny vang that's the guy's name the guy he's yeah. been looking for the whole movie they have this like okay they're gonna they meet he's got the heart in the cooler there's going to be some sort of shootout. What fucking happens is they turn into kaiju of themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they, it's just like two actors with heads, like big foam heads. And then that's the actual scene. Like that's the actual fight scene is a slow motion kaiju fight of them in like a power line thing shocking each other. And I thought that was great. Like it was very stupid, but... I think it's just cool to make what feels like it's going to be the climax of your movie be like a slow motion kaiju thing for no reason. Uh, And that's the kind of energy that I like from the first movie. I like stuff um, like that. I like at the end. I like how so I like how throughout the movie, like he kind of like electrocutes himself more and more and more and like that gives him like extra power sometimes. (laughs) He's Goku. He gets gets Goku powers. Yeah. That was the second (laughs) half of my letterboxd review was when he gets, when he gets fully cranked, he's racist Goku. And (laughs) um, I like how the final incarnation of this is he just like, he like sets himself on fire and he's just dying. (laughs) He just like hallucinates himself as this like, like beautiful version of himself and this beautiful version of the Asian woman who's been following him around. And he like kisses her and sets her on fire. And then he's like (laughs) melting his like skin is melting. He gives the finger to the camera and that's the end. And I kind of really liked that. And then they ruined it by having this hospital scene where they're like, Oh, but he lives right in the, in the post credit sequence where they're like working on him and then he opens his eyes, Stupid. Uh, which I don't know. No one wants a third one. I don't know. Uh, especially at this point, um yeah yeah i i feel pretty conflicted of this and i think it's because i liked the first one and this one just feels this one is so insane you kind of have to hand it to them yeah um but like there's just stuff in the movie where like for example the asian woman who just immediately wants to like start saying like Full Metal Jacket, like me yeah, love you, sucky, long sucky time five shit. or whatever, and then it's just like trying to like assault him, <laughs> uh, and like, and is just like spending her entire the whole time of the movie trying to find him because she's in love with him now, like a like Pepe Le Pew or something. <laughs> yeah. I just find that kind of shit like really uncomfortable and weird. Also, when um his girlfriend and that other random girl gets put in the back of the police car, and. She just starts like like, trying to fuck her. Trying to fuck her. And it's like, what is going on? Just like weird decisions like that, that I don't know, feel so awkward and dumb to me that it makes me not like it. Which I think what what I'm going to say is I don't personally recommend this one, but I do think I recommend the first one. (laughs) Uh, And if you liked the first one, sure, throw it on. But I don't (laughs) definitely don't think you should watch this one first. Interesting. I will say I recommend this one fully. And in fact, <laughs> do not recommend the first one. I think coming into this, cold is the way to go. <laughs> I really like that I had no fucking idea who this guy was the whole time. I didn't know no, who you- any of the side characters were. Because like this whole thing already is such a fucking fever dream that it's like, yeah. why not, man? Like, why not go all in? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get it. I can imagine it being fun. <laughs> I don't know. It's... there wasn't enough to hang on to for me um it wasn't it's it stops being fun when i don't know this like the rules i guess i don't know I, i feel like it's kind of in the middle where it's like if it was all kaiju shit and like it was so over the top that like you know 
Kim Jong Il was the the main bad guy or something. Like I would、mm-hmm. maybe be more bad, but it's like kind of just in this weird crevice where I'm sort of like they pushed it too far, but it not far enough. I think.、Um, and I didn't hate it. It 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 is fun, and like I said, I laughed through most of the movie.、Uh, so maybe I don't know, but it's not. I think I I think I'll give it a no.、Uh, But I'm I'm gone. You know, I'm usually on the fence with no's because <laughs> everything、yeah. seems like somebody would like it. But for me, I wouldn't tell anybody just to watch this.、Um, cool. Um, so thanks again, Dark Council Number Three,、uh, for giving us Exploitation Month.、Uh, and、uh, thank you so much, Dark Council Number Four, for giving us Heist Month. I'm very excited to watch the Cercle Rouge.、Um, <laughs> This, <laughs> however you say, how do you say le circle? It looks like le circle. Le circle. Le circle. Le circle. Le circle.、Uh, so that's coming up next week.、Uh, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. This has been Generation Loss. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/GenerationLoss and become a patron, where you can. Do things like vote on the Sopranos tier about what show we're going to watch after the Sopranos. You can join the Dark Council, and you can make up a theme month for us to do on the regular episodes. You can join the Discord, hang out with us there. You can follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod and follow us individually from there. You can listen to my other show, BB Bledis. I have a show about politics. If you would want to hear me talk about that for some reason,、um, and、uh, yeah, I think that's all. <laughs> so until next time, that's, that's me. me.